This is the Bar Stewards Enquiry. You are talking absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. In, in what way? You are an underachiever in life. You were, I saved your bacon one time. You were gone. Well, I couldn't save you. I, I don't know if you are, but you said the right thing. But well, that's why you don't know anything about racing, John. I, I didn't say I do. Right? I'm saying that. What have you contributed to racing? You are one of these take-out merchants. Take out all you can. And a very warm welcome to the Bar Stewards Inquiry Weekend Podcast. My name's Lee Keys of SystemBet.co.uk, and with me tonight, just on his lonesome, no other guest tonight. We've been very antisocial. Is uh, my friend, colleague, and great better after his success last week. I'm sure you're all impressed with John's Shergar Cup, uh, Cup performance. John Leng of John Joe's Blogspot, take a bow for last week, John. If only we hadn't all gone out to play golf and go shopping and do stuff like that. Well, I think I think part of your 228 to 1 double um, was one of my gin and pate races. So I was like, I, I did bite one of them, but the, the other one, I just, it was like, oh, no, no, I just, I couldn't be bothered with it. And once I saw that one, I mean, I was obviously pleased for you, but sick. I think, oh yeah, it was it was uh, it was graphite. I backed just Hubert because obviously yeah, exactly. I, I I agree, but it was graphite I left because I thought he had lost a leg. Did you see? I mean, drift was immense. I think it was like 18s on the machine. I was lucky with the drift because I, I was somewhere between the fourth and the fifth at Redke, and uh, I didn't really give a monkey's what was happening in the market. But uh, <laughs> otherwise, probably every chance I would have bailed out. Yeah, no, a cracking performance. Um, and this is what we always have. I mean, you know, some weeks we get it right, some weeks we get it wrong. Um, you know, some weeks we become blogger and get it right, like we've done, in, well, you've done in the past. Uh, I remember somebody saying you'd, you'd nearly landed them a seven timer. I think it, it was six out of seven, I think you took one week when you went to, for all the uh, all the chalk favourites, but it doesn't matter if they win. Yeah, it's tremendous. Um, right, so we've got we've got a cracking show, folks, because we've got um, the television action uh, on Saturday from um, Newmarket, Newbray, and the Great Saint Wilfred. Uh, Nick Davis's favourite handicap of the year, I think. Um, winner uh, one. Yeah, I think he's I think he's had one winner from forty seven starts, um, but it might have won at fifties or something. I don't know, but um, but yeah, Davis loves this kind of kind of rubbish. Uh, forty seven runners and you know strung across a track, undulating track. Um, yeah, right. and we're also gonna yeah we're also gonna cover the uh, Jacques Le Malois. Uh, at Deauville on Sunday, cracking cracking race. That is the the race of the weekend where. Uh, 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 terrible Jim takes on uh, Palace Pier um, for Johnny G. Uh, Palace Pier, I think four to five, and uh, Poetic Flair seven to two. That might change, but stay tuned to see what me and John think on that. Right, we'll kick the show off with questions as always. Uh, I've got some good ones this week, some quite interesting ones. Um, and Carl, I'll, I'll kick the show off with uh, John Martin's rant. Actually, John Martin said that Andy Serling in America. Um, he he he. Th- there was an announcement on the track thanking punters for basically, you know, they've turned over twenty million dollars at the Saratoga, uh, at the halfway stage of the Saratoga meet, and thanking patrons for their for their commitment and support to the product because obviously it's good prize money. It, it means that everyone gets a fair crack of the whip. Obviously, it's a tote system. We understand that that it's not good value in <laughs> betting to sort of 25, 30% or whatever they bet for. Um, but nevertheless, it shows that racing can thrive under the right leadership. And also, it's nice when the leadership out there thanks the patrons, John, for um, for their patronage. It's unlikely to happen here, isn't it? I mean, uh, those at the top look on punters with the utmost disdain, really. Um I think if racing did actually thank punters, now the punters would probably think they're being somewhat patronised anyway. Yeah. After what's gone on, you know, and uh, I think racing as an entity might just get a collective fuck off from the punters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I mean, this is it. I mean, you know, punters here, uh, we, we can't, we, we can't bet. Uh, if we if we win, we can't bet. We get we, we get stopped. 
Um, if if we if we deposit too much, we get affordability checks and we can't bet. Um, uh, so on and so on. So so we can't get bets on. We can't fund the levy. Uh, you're having to operate accounts that don't belong in your name. Um, so then, therefore, that makes racing uh, better than ever, if you like, because basically we you don't know who's on the other end of the of the trade or the or the you know you could be using a bookie account under a false name. And this is where racing's completely lost grip of of the entire product. And the racing league this week highlighted that. Um, again, for me, I, w- I was watching it, and I thought I'll give it another chance. I'll, I, you know, I, I, again, it's all about the, the, the bottom line for punters. Punters just want to know what's going to win, you know, what's what's won the race, the result, and and then and then let's move on. And I, I just the razzmatazz side of it just doesn't work at all i've tried i I really have tried to take it in john i I don't know what you feel about i know know what you feel about it but have you had a second look at it this week Uh, to be honest with you i just simply couldn't be bothered with this in all honesty i mean they're they're trying to be all things to all men and they might as well be trying to nip blamange you know (laughs) Uh, living on a ceiling yeah um yeah I, i mean this is the thing, you know, you, you've summed it up perfectly in past weeks. I love it when, you know, you come out with uh, your own cliches in that, you know, racing does not believe in its own product. And, and and I think that's so evident. It's so evident. And it's very sad. Like you say, Saratoga thriving, you know, thanking patrons for the for the support and the custom and, you know, and thanks for making product great. And over here, it's just literally, punters are just a complete afterthought. Um, which brings me on then to Carl Swanson's question, which I think is a good question because it's kind of related in a way. And it shows, again, what disdain racing has for punters. And he says, is it time for a grading system for admission prices? So he's saying if it's a top meeting, fair enough. For example, you know, York's meeting, Royal Ascot, Goodwood, everyone expects to pay a premium then. I don't think I don't think anyone actually moans a ticket price at a festival, but um to a degree, I know some will. Um, but when you've got say Brighton charging £27 on a Monday, Lingfield £25 for an all-weather card, um, Leicester £18 for that's not too bad, I suppose, in comparison to those two. Um John, is the time for, say, the BHA to potentially produce a, maybe a guide price system for courses? I know they can't make the courses. The courses can do whatever they want. If they want to charge 100 quid, they can, they can do whatever they want. But, but the BHA should at least provide uh, punters with, a, for me, a, a, a sort of a chart on value for money. You know, what should I be expecting to pay to get in Brighton on a Monday? Do you think that's a fair, fair, fair comment, John? It's another issue where the BHA mystifyingly silent, isn't it? You know, I mean, uh, we all know the BHA loves a jolly up. And yeah. you'd think as part of their feasibility studies and uh, getting more people into racing, they'd have a little jolly up across the channel, wouldn't you, and see what it costs you to get in and eat a few frogs legs while they're watching the racing. <laughs> if they did, of course, they'd have an absolute horror story to bring back, wouldn't they, as regards the tracks? Because I think you can get in for about a tenner, can't you? Yeah, I mean, like I said, last when I last went, it were a fiver, and you got a colour race card. Obviously, that was when generous. That's when generous ran. But yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't think it's gone. It won't have gone up to anything like our levels. No, uh, I mean, admittedly, probably the food and drinks maybe a bit, a bit on the stiffer side in France, but. I mean, our food and drink, I mean, the quality you get absolutely arse-raped anyway. So, I mean, you're paying a premium to get into some of these tracks below grade meetings and, you know, I mean, you're offered tins of lager, meat pies probably a day old, and you just check it like sketch anyway, aren't you, you know? Yeah. And nobody's looking into that angle at all, you know, it's... More a case of, well, if you haven't got enough people there, we must need more bouncy castles. for the kids for the kids to enjoy that's the level of logic we're dealing with you know nobody's actually saying look at the state of this it costs you an arm and a leg to get in and then when you get in you got no change out of a nifty if you're taking the wife and kids before you've even had a bed yeah 
I mean, I, I can remember. I mean, how times have changed because I can remember um, going to. Well, not it wasn't my first meeting, but as a teenager, I got on the the bus to Doncaster, and I used to love going to Doncaster. Obviously, local to my my hometown, Sheffield, and I used you know I went to watch Crebentis win a win a champion hurdle trial there. Um, I I went to the St Ledger to watch. Uh, I think was it Min- was it was it Minster Sun that that turned uh, was Making it Minster Sun? Yeah, I think it was that year. Um, and and you know, and I, I can remember as a teenager, I was I, I was obsessed with looking around, looking at how it worked, the bookmakers, the tic tacs, the you know, taking it all in. Um, yeah. You know, like and really like wow, I was like wowed by it, and you know, went to the went to the parade ring to have a look at them and. You know, and and it was just it, it was just such a fantastic day. Even though I was like betting in fifty p's uh, and quids and you know whatever, it, I'll never forget it. It it was it was just such a tremendous atmosphere. If a favourite at the front, the roar of the crowd were like, you know, when you know when George Best at the back of the net. It was just it it literally was a, a fantastic experience. And it's a, such a shame that the BHA have just lost the way on this and not not selling what a fantastic product racing is. I mean, most people, when they go to York or have been to York in the last 10 years, associate York with see the stars, Frankel, you know, like just phenomenal horses of the turf. And, and if you were lucky enough to go and see that, you'll, you'll, you'll live with that for the rest of your life. Like you did, like you said, with Dahlia, yeah. um, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a youngster. And, and I, and I think that's, that's testament to, I think how we were brought up, with racing and what like the, how they're trying to sell it now uh face painting and bouncy castles it's just you know you can do that anyway um yeah, but, yeah. Of shit you can get it anywhere you, you want on a day out you know yeah. I mean, nothing unique about it but you say championship standard performance and that is unique that's yeah. a, that's the sort of thing you take away from it yeah. but i mean as the, as the email has said it probably is time for somebody to put some sort of structure in place where people can know what they should expect to pay. But the unfortunate yeah. thing is, the structure will be set to high anyway for it to be realistic. Probably, I mean, I mean midweek cards. I mean, you, you're lucky they're getting anybody paying a tenner to go in. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the the done thing if you if you sort of in the game is to try and blag a badge off 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 someone or you know you ring you ring someone or you you say you know any chance of you know do you know any jockey that's got a badge spare or you know that kind of thing because you'd loathe paying. Well, I do anyway. I, I, I'm not tight, but I loathe paying things like twenty two quid to watch midweek fair somewhere. You know, you're if, on if, tails straight away. You need a winner, don't you? The minute you go, <laughs> yeah, you got you got to back first, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. Good question, Carl. Um, and me and John both agree that that there should be some some kind of guide. I think that's that's the fairest way of doing it because you can't make tracks. Uh, do certain things john hines has got a good question um and he goes um how bent is racing at the moment on a scale of one to ten as in ten is they are fixing races right left and center every race or one being as clean as possible because uh, he says no one is getting done for anything these days nothing there's nothing on the there's, there's no punishments no you know horse racing ireland probably a different entity at the moment but certainly in this country, I can't think of any skullduggery cases being pulled up at the moment, John. Well, I think what's probably happened, the BHA corruption department's probably all still working from home due to COVID. And the, <laughs> the only thing on the increase is subscriptions to Pornhub and Quaver's sales. <laughs> Just nearly spat out my vodka. It's vodka and Red Bull tonight instead of gin, but... <laughs> they're probably not even watching it. No, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the thing is, like, and I've always said this, and and I've been criticised as well because I've had chats with other owners on how I'd like to see the game run at a, at a low level. I believe at low level, at say class five and below, everything should be sellers and claimers, right? Because 
it doesn't right like the American system because it allows owners to sort of free up horses and sales. We're not reliant on waiting two months for a sale and then paying six hundred pounds to enter a sale. And it, you know, it, it, it will move horses on. It it it's set up a trade. It's set up a healthy trade level at that level. And because why? And people say why because because owners are playing the system, and rightfully so, to get their horses handicapped off their 50-55 when they're 75. So what my point is that at the bottom level, you may as well then go just, well, might as well claim us and sell us, and if you're any better than that, then then compete for better money, better prize money. You think it's corruption as it stands? Yeah, it's a bit like playing Monopoly and saying, right, you know, you, you know, you go, you go and put a cup of tea on, and, and I'll just have a have a few quid out at bank. You know, it, it's it literally is set up like that to to cheat, you know, to to get a mark, you know, get a handicap mark, and and obviously away you go. Which I don't look, look, that's the game. I don't, I don't blame anyone. That's how it's done. But to me, if you're then moaning on the other side at coin, saying that, oh well, um, the games you know corrupt and you know and this that and other it's it's you know the, the connections are going to cheat for a mark connections not necessarily will lay a horse on an exchange on on a day but they will probably have a float up for a target later in the season that's oh, that's God. the done that's the done thing you know but as i say if you change that at the bottom level i'd be i'd be a massive fan of changing the system entirely at say definitely class six level and below um if class five debatable but class six level and below it should just be literally uh claimers where you put your horse in for a value you you a weight that you that you think your horse is worth and and that and you race at that level and, and it allows trades to continue between owners trainers without the expense of sales and it keeps the bottom end flowing um keeps the cash tills running at the bottom end for people um and at the higher end if you've got an, a nicer horse then you can compete for better money at the better tracks um you know with 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 better prize money that's that's how i'd run it what's the point of running classics handicaps when everyone when you've got michael wiggum and that fiddling horse down from 80 down a down a 58 and then wants to back one in from 16s to seven or four it's just you know it's, <laughs> I mean, that's, that, it's, it's a great game, but as I said, I, 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 that'd be my that'd be my view on that, John. Um, you spend your day trying to solve them races as they stand now. You might as well go for a balloon ride with Richard Branson. <laughs> you're going to get out of it. Uh, or any spaceship. I don't think I'd get much enjoyment out of that either. You know, I would try especially... if I could get him in the airlock and shoot him towards Jupiter. I wouldn't man. <laughs> I tell you what, if I went up there we with my flatulence, I mean, it'd be, I don't, I don't know if you can smell farts in space, but Jesus, in that tight enclosed area, he'd, 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 he'd absolutely get it. Um, in space, nobody can hear you scream. So. <laughs> right, uh, next question, Frankie on the blower. He's, he's, we love a, I mean, I can't criticise Murners because we moan all the time. Um, but he says, why was Willie Muir earlier in the week saying it was all systems go for pile driver in next week's Juddermont? Price went in, 11s into 8s, then days later said the horse has not recovered from his setback and would not run. What's going on with pile driver, John? I, I just think he's a bit of a shit trainer, to be honest. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I don't have a lot of regard for him. I mean, there was a mate that asked us about a month ago, and he had a late runner on the Saturday that won that. I, I backed it, and I thought, Jesus, I bet that's the first winner he, he's trained that I've backed in about 10 years. <laughs> you know, um, I, I was, I was kind of mystified why I backed it, to be honest. It was just one of them spare of the moment things. It was a bit out of sync in the betting order and bets there. You know, it was like something to click on before my tea was ready. Um, yeah. And, you know, in all honesty, you know, I mean, he's he's not a trainer of a shred of faith. I mean, I, I don't take any notice of what they're saying anyway, though, any of them really, you know. I mean, the the majority of the horses that I tend to back, I, I have it in my head where I want them to go and where I think they're going to go. And if, if they don't go, I'm not backing them, am I? You know, so... No. I don't really care what they say. You know, I'm watching them full of shit. 
He's <laughs> summed up perfectly. Um, just going to speed it up because obviously we've got to get to the good part of the show. We've got it's busy on questions this week. Uh, Ian Davis mentions about the Worcester Vandal image is wrong. Um, he said that basically, in a nutshell, he's been there. It's a complete dump, and it probably wouldn't have made much much difference to the value of the place anyway. Um, and his real question is uh, jockeys and social media abuse, John. He says occupational hazard or a growing problem. Well, it's going to happen, isn't it? You know, I mean, unless people get banned for absolutely no reason. I mean, I got three days off Facebook this week uh, because Tree Trunk sent me something. Well, he didn't send it, he posted it on my wall. And it was this picture. Well, it was just like a, a square with black and white stripes. And underneath, he put the instructions shake your head while you look at this. So I shook my head, uh, and the black and white stripes turned it, turned into a phrase along the lines of "You are a CEO next Tuesday." <laughs> so I responded below in kind, and uh, the Facebook algorithm picked it up, and I got three days. I mean that that's a disgrace. I mean that that's tree trunk for you. Yeah. yeah. What a, what a despicable human being he is. Uh-huh. You know. I mean. Um, but, I mean, with regard to the jockeys, I mean, yes, it's, it's an occupational hazard, you know. I mean, if they're starting to feel fragile about it, I mean, I know that we, we've had this discussion. I mean, I know there's situations where nutters overstep the line, but that's got to happen in every walk of public life. Everybody who has a public persona has some nutter somewhere sending them something or abusing them somewhere you know i mean uh, we've got the allinson clan you know um <laughs> but yeah you know there's people out there uh that just have nothing better to do they're sat there in the resting pants and the licking windows in between sending abusive tweets and emails and things or so what you know i mean you, you can't stop it. Well, you can't seem to stop it, you know. And I mean, who wants to be sifting through it? Where you, you know, I mean, jockeys don't respond well to constructive criticism anyway. You, you know, I mean, I'm at the point I, I, I couldn't even be asked to tweet a jockey because I, I have nothing to say to him, in all honesty. No. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, like you say, I, I think you've summed it up pretty well. Um, just. Uh, yeah, I can't really add anything to that. Final question um, from Racing Shark. Um, I can answer this pretty pretty swiftly. He said, should the Racing Post flagship t- tipsters, Paul Keeley, Tom Siegel, have a profit loss account on their selections available for all to see? Um, or is it really fair that, that, to big them up when they have a decent price winner? Um, I would say just keep your own records. Um, I don't... I don't I never understand this, uh, and I, I, I run a tipping service myself, but I never understand this, like, you know, this fawning over, like, newspaper or Twitter tips or whatever. Keep your own records uh, if you're following them, and obviously, if they're no good, just, just stop following. <laughs> That's it. There's nothing more to it. Do you agree, John? Absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, I do a profit and loss thing with my plug spot, you know, but, I mean... Nobody's under any compunction to read it, follow it, develop the like with it, you know. I mean, I, I don't really yeah. care, you know. I mean, it's want them to do whatever they want. Correct. Right, we'll move on swiftly to the best part of the show now, where hopefully we're going to line your pockets with silver. Um, and three meetings on Saturday uh, Newmarket, Ripon, and Newbury. We shall go to the two telebox races at Newmarket. The first one is the two o'clock. It's the mile and six furlongs mansion bet at Phillies handicap, not one oh five affair. Uh, favorite on the card. Um, just as I say that, you know, all everything goes wrong. You know, you, you've just set up technically to get your prices and it won't load. Um, but yeah, so favorite in this, I would imagine, is the thing of. I hate it's technical thing like this. It always goes on. Right, yeah, Midra um, of, um, I forget the trail. Liam Jones rides anyway. Mid, Mid, Midra's the favourite, John, at three to one. Did you have a look in this? 
Yeah, I did. I mean, I couldn't have a bad mid-draft simply because Liam Jones drags the favourite. Um, <laughs> that, that was enough for me to put a line through. Um, you enjoyed that pacemaking for the shagging shirt the other week with Liam Jones? I, I, I just think he's an appalling jockey. I wouldn't, I wouldn't back him with counterfeit. But, yeah. but to be perfectly honest, um, I think there's probably two better horses in here anyway. I think Arlene Dover will beat that. And I think Macau will probably beat the pair of them. Um, okay, okay. I think she always runs a race. The last two runs, she's had absolutely no chance anyway. But prior to that, she was less than three months behind Roberto Escobar at York. She stays well. There's nothing not to like about her. I think uh, this can see a bounce back. I don't know whether there's enough runners for an eight pair. Bet is there, but she was about. No, it's seven that. runners, but it. But if you do have a Skybet or a Betfred account, um, you can back Macari three pegs, three pegaroonies at 10 to 1 Skybet and 9 to 1 Betfred, John. Yeah, I do, mate. Yeah. yeah. So, so Macari for John at value, obviously carrying a big weight because um, she's, a, she's a very, very good mare. Um, but um, you mentioned one that I like, and I am all over Eileen Dover. Um, it's my best bet of the weekend. Um, I cannot understand why this is six to one. It, it just does not make any logical sense. Um, the horse, the, 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 the filly obviously was very good in bumpers. She came out and was second to yes, yes, and trying to give a, a lump of weight for age to a very good filly there. Um, and then the next twice, she was very highly tried in listed company uh, on both starts. And on both occasions... It was slowly run. Both races were absolute crawls, and I mean crawls. You just it was just all front end favoured, and it just doesn't suit a horse of this nature. You know, she needs a good end to end gallop. I'm not saying she'll get it here, but what she'll get is the extra distance, which is a mile and six, and I think that's key because if anybody watches Newmarket last time, they crawled on the front end, they quickened it up, and she's staying on late after the Lord Mayor's show, really grabbing the ground. On that, in fact, if they've got another two furlongs, she's she's going to be five clear. Um, so I think 92 is ridiculously well in because she's ran to more than that in the listed races. So I think with the extra distance, six to one is completely enormous, John. So I'm all over. I leaned over as my best bet of the weekend. Okay, we'll move on to the uh, second race at Newmarket. Uh, on the telly, uh, the 2.35 is the good old Grey's horse handicap. The only one of the season for Grey's. Dirty shithouse Grey's, John. The, the shithouses of society. And uh, Mitros on fire for your favourite trainer, Willie Muir. is 9-2 favourite. Any of you here? Yeah, I mean, this Grey horse idea, I mean, this is some aggravating little shitbag at the BHA thought this up while he was playing with his etch sketch didn't he? <laughs> um... Yeah, you know, this old preamble, it's just rotten. Um, I thought Cahars had been running decent most of the season. He's got his limitations, but so do most of these, really. If I had to have a player, which I don't and won't be, I'd chuck a couple of quid at Cahars. Okie dokie. Um, Cahars for John in a, in a tricky Grays race. For me, though... I've got I've got a decent bet again. I, I wouldn't say this is like you know em, 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 empty empty your, your sack, but your mate John Jeff Arker Wentworth Falls um, at double figures ten to ten, ten to one ish. Uh, ben Curtis is booked. He's had Shane Gray on the last three times. Jeff will drop his out too further. Well, Newmarket. That's the thing. I would say Newmarket's never ideal for a dropout horse, really. But and th- this is the caveat, you see, that he loves a straight track. Now, I've, I was I was there at Catrick on the 14th of July. It wasn't off. It wasn't off a yard. It was, you know, Je- Jeff's done a masterclass with this because it started off the season off 92. Now, I know he's getting older, but it's off 80 now. And it's had some good efforts this season. It was fifth to Rathburn at Thirsk. And I thought it ran well there, again, with things not going its way. That was off 85. It was second to Manny Gordo at Thirsk again earlier this season off 87. So Jeff played a blinder here, you know, for the for the Greys race. Straight track. That's what he likes. He prefers Donny. Um, you know, nice, flat, you know, come from behind track. And I accept Newmarket isn't. But I think 
there's enough pace on here. Case key goes off like a scalded cat of Applebee's. Um, and the form that was in last time, that, that just pulls it away to the front. And you just get, whoa, it's, it's out and away. So back to layers may, may fancy case key for a, for, a, for an investment. But I do think there's enough on, there's enough pace on here. And I just think the mark's attractive. And when booking Ben Curtis, he said old Jeffrey has been playing a bit cute this season. Um, and I reckon this has been the plan. Um, you know, nice prize, um, a winnable race, you know, full of, full of crap, really. Um, so I thought went with Falls for old Jeff to come flying late and grab the spoils at, at double figures. So that was my call there at Newmarket. We move on to Newbury, where we've got four TV races. Uh, and the first that kicks us off on the Saturday is the Washington Singer. Uh, at 1.45, Massacala is the wrist five to four favourite for Andrew Baldin and William Buick. John, any view here? Well, I think this one sets a reasonable sort of bar for this race, really. I mean, yes, I don't think there's a Shergar Lamtara on the earth in here, but I think it's quite a nice race. Um, I think possibly Bayside Boy could give this something to think about. I really like this house on debut. Um, and I, th- I think he'll probe up to this level. Whether he'll beat Massacre t- tomorrow, I don't know. But I, I think he'll run a, a decent race. I, I think it's a race to keep an eye on for the future. I think you've summed that up pretty well. Um, because my notes here basically says, um, at this moment in time, there's nothing in here that will beat Massacre at the moment. But... And that's why I think five to four isn't bad, to be honest. So going blogger esque and stallion esque here for a, a bit, a bit, a big, you know, get get the roll out of the pocket and and hammer this. Um, but Massacala is at is at a level at the moment. I don't think Bayside Boy or Seattle King can improve to get to right now. I'm not saying they won't be better than Massacala later in the season, um, but for now, I just think Massacala at five to four. Um, I think five to four is a shade of value, to be honest. I think I'd have it slightly shorter. Um, so if you if you if you're one of those that wants a banker on a Saturday, you think mm, I, I couldn't put you off Massacala. And by the way, just watching Newbury today, there's a distinct um, low draw bias on the straight course. The amount of thick bin men I've seen going towards the stand side today at Newbury is embarrassing. Um, the, the, our owners or trainers aren't switched on to this. You know, it, it clearly is centre to far side where you need to be. The, the, the stand side is absolutely rubbish. Um, so we, you don't want anything coming down the stand side if, you, if you're playing in running tomorrow at Newbury. That's, that's, that's just what I've seen today. Um, OK, we'll move on. Um, 220 Newbury, um, obviously another warm favourite for us in this. Um, in Hookum, John, um, thoughts um, on the... Uh, uh, the Jeffrey Freer. Who comes about an even money chance, I think? Lift him home, Jim. Lift him <laughs> home. I, I, don't, I don't think you can go past Hookham, really. Either. I mean, you, you really can't dig one out. I think if you look more on the bait, in all honesty, I couldn't. I, I, I completely agree. I mean, I was waiting for this. I mean, you just see it, can't you? You know, like Hookup. What a sensational performance from Hookup. What a rocket, you know. It's like... oh, he's going to get the rate up of all rate ups. He wins by a neck, isn't he? Because the uh, going to have 40 large on this tomorrow. To be fair, I don't blame him. I don't think even money's that bad. No, um, to be honest. Um, I, mean, I mean, literally, you know, uh, Golden Pass uh, won last time out with a very, very comfortable front-end uh, solo. Uh, Rodrigo Diaz is a very useful staying handicapper, but, you know, I could see it winning winning a future Ebor, but not not, not this right now. Um, so, yeah, uh, he'll come even money. Uh, we sound like blogger already, but, but yeah, we, it's two, two fabs, I think, to kick off the, the first two TV races. Come, in the words of the late great Eunice Stubbs, fuck them, let's back hook them. <laughs> Brilliantly put by John there. Um, so we move on to the third race. Uh, it's the 255. It's the Bet Victor. 
handicap over the uh, seven furlongs there. And as I've mentioned, there's probably not enough runners to be a draw bias, to be honest here. Eight runners, you know, but I, you don't want that stand side run. But, John, anything take your eye on this handicap? I thought it was a fairly nasty-looking race, to be honest. They've just managed to scrape enough for an each-way bet, haven't they? Um, I, I am of the view that Agile needs gelding again. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, I mean, he's, tra- he's travelled lovely in two races this year and then found a large portion of fuck-all both times. Yeah. Um, I think... Again, sadly, at risk of sounding a little bit blogger-esque, I think uh, the favourite might just be getting the lift him on, lift him on. <laughs> um, it could be a Favs day tomorrow, it really could. It, it, it could, you know, I mean, as far as I'm aware, they haven't been sloshing it on and the going's good and the fails are pathetic. What more could the blogger ask for? You know, he's getting his uh, room at the Marriott paid for next week, isn't he, tomorrow? <laughs> I mean, as for Aratus, um, that is it's the, the nine to four favourite in this, um, I think this is a really useful horse. Um, but it needs it needs its energies channeling. Um, it's a very, very, very keen, keen animal. Um, and what I'd like to see. Uh, tomorrow is basically Adam Kirby to to get it get it under a nice snug hold. I think if he manages that, I seriously think you can have what you want on him running. And I mean, what you want, like that's the that's the play for me. It's easy to say, well, nine to four is a good price right now, but it's if it's eight even pace as well, because like, I, I, I can't yeah. daft Laura Pearson doing anything other than blasting on Jack's point. So. Yeah. I mean, I mean, fair enough. I think if you want to take the nine to four, I'd take it. But, but for me, you know, doing what I do, I'm sort of ready at sort of thirteen or eight. Um, you know, if 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 this if Adam Kirby's on top on top of it, as in it isn't just. I mean, it's going to be keen. Don't think it's not going to be keen because it is. But it needs to be on top of it, as in it's not just like its heads like at, at twelve o'clock. You, 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 this needs to be be settled. If it is. 13 to 8 in running, 6 to 4 in running. Just have what you want on, just keep pressing um, and, and just leave it there. Um, but yeah, Aratus is, is is significantly better than its mark if things go right. But again, we're sounding like blogger, but three fabs, could, be, could, could we make it four fabs, John, as we go into the uh, Bet Victor Hungerford stakes uh, over the seven furlongs? Alsa Hale is the, the market leader at 11 to 4 for the, for the, uh, for the Sandboys. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm of the opinion that Alistair Hill's a bigger twat than tree trunk. And <laughs> I, I, I won't be getting involved with 11 to 4. Um, the one I can't kind of like to you, um, in what I think is a fairly piss-poor hunger, for, to be honest, I thought Lana Cash was, was interesting. Went down by her head to Neil Mandate at 311, penultimate start. And then couldn't cope with absolute slop on the final start. Clearly, there's been a problem or something, you know. But I mean, I think 14 to 1 for a horse that still could be something, I think he's quite sporting, you know. Um, It's it's not an ideal profile for going into a race like this, but all being well, it'd be on the back of three earlier earlier winners and we can chuck a shell quid at it. Yeah, so that's Langquash for you for the Roger Varian team with the Ray Dawson, who's probably one of my favourite jockeys riding at the moment. It's a, it's a rather juicy eighteen to one. I, I'm with you on uh, the, about Alsa Hale, uh, not convinced by it at all. And if you look at the race at Ascot last time, the three the three that finished in the first three came wide, took the Willie Carson route nearly, uh, didn't quite get under the trees, but but kept wide, which as we know Ascot on the round course can be advantageous. And I just, I doubt that level of form last time as well. And be, prior to him running well in decent races in Maidan, where he's probably had the stringe, um, I did feel he, his, his form is ordinary before that. So I'm very against Alsa Hale tomorrow. I, I, I think he's a bigger monkey than King Kong, we tell. Yeah, yeah, 
So we, we concur on that. So we can stripe Alsail. The bar stewards are striping Alsail tomorrow. And a couple with that, um, I'm going to have a little bit on Danyar at five to one each way of pleasure. The reason being, um, the I, I love this horse's profile. If you look at this horse's profile, he, he can't manage more than three races a season for whatever reason. Um, but when you look at his seasonal profile, he improves with every run. So he'll, he'll start off, and then so each season he's improved each time. And I loved his attitude last time. Mota KL obviously is six pounds better off um, with him, obviously finished behind him. But the reason I don't fancy Mota KL is because I believe Mota KL is seven to ten pounds better at Newmarket than he is at Ascot and Newbury for the simple reason that I think Mota KL's a better horse when he's allowed to bowl along, you know, at, at, at a new market. And I think that's where he produces ridiculous form levels. Well, well, not ridiculous, but for us on that blogger there, but but form levels that he can win this kind of race. I don't think Newbury is, is his place for doing that. Um, so that's why it's I, I favoured. Marwar was being run at HQ. He'd probably fancy Motokayel to turn them I think I think the Bunbury Cup win comes out about 125. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's it's it literally is a better horse there um, than anywhere else. So I'm, that's why I'm with Danyar because Danyar is is generally progressive all the time. It just it, 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 I, I besiege you to look at the form of Danyar and you see how each season it's got better and better and better with each run. I like it. I like and. Probably, probably will not see it till next year because it's the most it's ever most it's ever ran is three runs in a season. So this this is its third run. So this will be it. This is this is this is lights out, folks. Um, so Dania, I thought was a an each way bet uh, to nothing at five to one. Um, given what we've said about the favourite Alza Hale, uh, Lanquash for John, uh, for Ray Dawson, Roger Varian at eighteen to one. Okay, we've done new break and we weren't quite blogger esque because we hadn't tipped all four favourites, so we've done quite well there. Um, we're against the last one. Um, we'll go now to the two races at Ripon, which is the William Hill Sil- Silver Trophy, the basically the the St Wilfred Consolation. John uh, Gatanfa um, for Tracy Waggett and two percent Tom. How many abbeys have you won? He's won three abbeys. Of this lad, he he can ride sprinters. Gatanfa is the fifteen to two favourite in this. Any of you here? I'm sorry, I can't be with Tom and Tracy Waggett in any competition. No, <laughs> um, you know, it just goes against every principle I've got. Well, uh, yeah, fair comment. I mean, uh, I do like one here, but it's a bit of a punt. Um. Troubadour for Old Opelong um, was in group races at two, started last year at a high level. He's crashing the weights. Now, he might be a plot or he might be going down the swanee. Either way, it's a big price. I, I think uh, I think he's worth a little nibble because uh, Opelong hasn't got a bad record in this and the, the big one. And uh, he'll, he'll do for me in what looks a very, very trappy heat. What's that again, Joe? What, what do you say? Troubadour. Troubadour. I'm just looking down the list. Ooh, decent price. 25 to 1. Um, that's uh, Paul Hummel Rennan in the saddle. Trap 15. Um, Nick Davis has been Bell, on. Mate, tip it in the morning. Davis has, yeah, Davis has been on. We've said at the start of the show, Davis loves, loves shit like this. He loves it. He thrives off it. This is, you know, he's, he's tackling these like, you know, he, he's just... I, I can't come with your, uh, your, it's, your, your jelly nails and liquor, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he, so, so Davis loves this kind of shit, and he likes the Tim Easterby double, the low, he's saying low draw, low draw double, and he likes the flying pursuit. I think here um, from Trap Three, uh, he, unless he likes Dan, he did say Tim Easterby, but I mean Dan's had that one for three years. I mean, I mean, even Davis, and to be honest, Davis doesn't back horses at eight, does he? I mean, that's just pathetic for Davis tipping an eight to one shot. You know, I mean, I mean, Davis loves plenty, big prices, so I mean, I would imagine he means flying pursuit, uh, likes it here, would, would, would probably for a bit more cut 
in the ground, but blasts off. And that's where I think he's, his angle is. Trap three, blasts off, blasts off down that rail, uh, 18 to one. And he says, could this start a Tim East to be double, John, as we get into the 345 race, the big one? Um, Staxton's favourite at seven to one. And sadly, uh, my tip, Lampang, uh, has been absolutely hammered. Uh, 12 to 1 into like 8, 7, 11 to 2. It's been absolute, And I'm so sick because I thought this at 12 to 1 Lampang was just what a bet. With SDS. I mean, every, you see, everyone moans about SDS, but this is where you want him. Ripper, bang, gate jockey, out, away, bang, go still. You know, get to that rail, whip, flash, bash. Yeah. Uh, lift him up. Um, and I'm so sick at seeing prices. I mean, it's just that's made me I've just seen it now because obviously you make your notes throughout the day and I've seen it's 12s. That's a lovely each way bet. Lampang at 12s. Um, and now we're eights and sevens. This is Davis. Davis is doing the shops as we've sp- as we spoke because he knows we've gone there. He's he, this is Davis. He's gone on, he's gone out there in East Ham or West Ham, wherever he is, you know, some East End crap hole. And he, he he's he's gone, you know, he's jelly deals happily away, and he's been smashing this from uh, 3 p.m. this afternoon. Low respiratory, yeah, and he's yeah. yeah, absolutely, he's a disgrace. Um, so Davis is to thank my tip. Lampang has been absolutely smashed. 12 into eight. Did you have a view here, John? Uh, uh, well, I, I couldn't put anybody off Lampang because that was in my short list of three. Um, I, I also thought Golden Apollo, uh, those drawn high, about Real good chance. I think that's on a workable mark. But the the one I like actually is Embar of Ruth Cars. Caught a, caught my eye anyway a couple of times lately. It was too keen and got tired on the soft ground last time at Goodwood. Um, but three of his last five runs have been over five, which is too sharp for the horse. Uh, and the last time he had his optimum conditions, he was only two lengths behind Lampang. Better in at the weights. Um, he's a free-going type, and I, I think the pit lightly pace in this race, the, you know, you know, it's, it's a good competitive race, so they'll go from the gate, and I think that will help him settle. And if you, if you do settle, I think it'll certainly give you the opportunity to get out your bet at the furlong pole. And, you know, yeah. I mean, say I want to go and win at that sort of price pro. I think, I think you get a, a fair bit of bang for your buck on that one tomorrow. Bang for your buck for John Embor at 20s. Uh, Lampang still for me, but very disappointed in the price, and it will probably be minimal stakes at about eight. I, I would have it favourite, but only marginal. Um, so, yeah, so that's me and John done for the domestic meetings. We thought we'd look at the uh, pre-Jacques Le Malois on Sunday, and... Uh, the, uh, do you know the disappointing thing here, John? Right, is this is the like feature race of the weekend, and it and it's like you cannot find bookmakers pricing it up. Well, I, I looked today; there was only uh, Paddy's, I think, pricing it up. In fact, there's still only Prad- Paddy's pricing it up. Uh, they've got Palace Pier four to five, um, Poetic Flair seven to two, Alpine Star thirteen to two, Victor Ladorum. At ten to one, Max Whiny tens, Midtown twelves, Mother Earth twelves, Chindit twenties, Order Australia twenty fives, Ecrivain twenty fives, uh, Millibosk fifties, and Coliseo sixty sixes. John, did you have a chance to look at the uh, pre jacks? I did. I mean, I don't think you need to look at many of these in all honesty. Um, no, I, I do find it very interesting, actually, that. The yogurt cannon still thinks Chindip's a decent horse. Yeah. You know? um, I think that's quite significant that he's still persisting with this as a group one miler. For me, it's crying out for 10 furlongs. I could, I could be wrong completely, but I, I don't think it's a group one miler. But I, th- I think it's very interesting how he's persisting with this. Um as, as regards the actual winner, I mean, on on the lately prevailing quick ground, I couldn't look past poetic flair. But as I mentioned to you earlier, Jim just doesn't miss a dance, does he? He, <laughs> he, he he's, he's first one up, and uh, when when they're all uh, 
there with the slow dance. He's, he, he's still there on the floor, isn't he? You know what I mean? He's, uh... <laughs> he, <laughs> you could, I mean, you could see this having like 14 starts between <laughs> this season in total. I mean, well, I'm, I'm really you know, left it in the judgment, you know. But I mean, there's nothing <laughs> to say I couldn't run in the city of York next Saturday. Uh, carry a penalty, you know. I mean, what the hell? You can bet your life after 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 this uh, Sunday. I bet you, he's, I bet you, he's got about two or three planned for autumn. Absolutely, yeah. he won't mess about. I mean, yeah. he, he doesn't miss them, does he? He just keeps on rolling. No, with that in mind, though, with with the the grounds going to ride potentially very quick at Doval this weekend. So I would say, if you're punting. Uh, if you've got a Paddy Power account, take that seven to two poetic flair. There's not a cat in else chance that's going to start seven to two on Sunday. If it does, I'll be I'll be weirding in at that price. Um, there can't be that much much disparity on fast ground between Palace Pier and poetic flair. Um, I don't think anyway. Not not four to five, seven to two anyway. Um, no. And you know, and that's where my money would would certainly lie. So. That's it's one to save anyway, so make sure you watch that Sunday, even if you don't bet in it, because it, you know it's it's a cracking race, um, and it'd be interesting to see how the three-year-old gets on against Palace Beer, and kind of cheering on Jim to be honest. Um, right, that's all from me and John. Uh, oh, just one more thing: Newmarket put eight millimeters on Thursday. Michael Prosser, the going this morning was a a very lowly six point eight. Now. I know they've got two drying days, but I'm very against this Clark at the moment. Um, he's, I think, I think he's overzealous with the water, and I, I, I really do. I, 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 I'm not a fan of Prosser at the moment. I have been a fan in the past, but and people say, well, he knows what he's doing, but I think to have six point eight this morning, I, I'm not really a fan of that um, because the thing is, John, as we always say about watering, is that. You get one shower that's not forecast or one deluge. It could be thirty minutes, and the, it's gone. The, the ground's gone, um, and and I think it's unfair on punters. I really do. They, he's clearly watering for to if they get no rain to get good to firm, come or, or somewhere in between good and good to firm and post time. It's just totally wrong, and I'm not a fan of that the clock at Newmarket at the moment. So just a word of warning there. Just keep your eye on things because. If you're backing fast ground horses, then they get that unexpected deluge, which has happened. You know, it's, it's, it's British weather. Um, it it kind of messes things up. Um, so just beware there. Put eight millimetres on on Thursday. Right. Uh, just just to clarify for the remainder of this week, we've got Tuesday, a big, big show. Um, it's the York Antipost uh, preview um, where, where we're covering the, the York Dante meeting with our best bets. That's me, John and Andy. On Friday, we have a special guest lined up. I hope he turns up um, with Catherine <laughs> Frymey and <laughs> uh, Catherine Frymey and John. And uh, the sermon is going to be letting Fry out the cellar for nothing, aren't we? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. That's the, you know she's got to put the lotion in the basket. Um, but some, this Sunday we've got the Sunday sermons normal with uh, me, John, and uh, Lorne Malvo uh, discussing and chewing the fat uh, of the week. So. Plenty to look forward to. We hope you've enjoyed this show. We certainly have. That's all from me and John. Bye for now.